We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugard. Here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the tweet machine. You can follow me at Mike Dugard. You guys already know the rest. Go ahead. I'm verified. Chris, talk to him. What is good, everybody? It is your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206 and at CKID206. This is the free agent preview podcast. Does that work, Chris? Is this the title of the show? Let's do it. Yeah, that, that, that works. Maybe it's not the title. It's definitely the theme here. Free agency starts. I mean, it feels like it's already started. We've got a bunch of dudes switching teams. We got quarterback trades. We got JJ Watt. You know, went to the, came to the division. Welcome, oh, welcome JJ. Stay away from Russ. Um, but it officially doesn't start until Wednesday, March seventeenth. Teams can resign, or the t- the tampering period can like start on Monday the fifteenth. Meaning that if you're a team like Seattle and you want to renegotiate with an impending free agent like Shaquille Griffin or Chris Carson or KJ Wright whoever you know uh david moore if you want that can start on monday but basically this is a kind of the preview look at it and we seattle hasn't made a, a bunch of big moves chris to start things off yet but um the biggest one they've had so far is they cut their best pass rusher and you know chris correct me if i'm wrong here but uh that's a little bit of a problem you know to get rid of the guy who basically transformed your pass rush i don't want to give Carlos Dunlap, um, who was cut in the name of cap space, freed up $14 million, um, and the cap's now set at 182.5. So it went from what, 198 to 180. 182.5. That's mm-hmm. a huge drop. It usually goes up about you know 10 mil or so a year. Now it's gone down 16. I guess a big problem. And cut Carlos Dunlap, saves $14 million. But Chris... So are you going to rest the passes for them next year? Or am I? Or like what's... I don't. I understand the move, but it just seems like an unnecessary. Not unnecessary. It seems like a big gamble um, to make on a guy who, again, transformed the front line midway through the year. Isn't this franchise known for gambling and making decisions where we scratch our heads and wonder, is this the best move they could have done? I mean, uh, all there, the time. Yeah. Exactly. All the time. This is something that we are accustomed to. And we are looking forward to seeing what they do now because they freed up some money 
if we're not mistaken. Yeah, four, four, fourteen mil. Yeah, for sure. They're now around eighteen million dollars. Yeah, they should. Well, now with the cap at one eighty two five, which was announced Wednesday, they should be starting with about twenty million dollars okay, to work with, and then you got to imagine that like. You're not gonna spend the whole twenty. You got to save some for your draft class yep. to because they all have signing bonuses that you that uh, and cap hits, which they shouldn't be very high because they don't have any high picks. So you probably only need like three four mil for draft pick signing bonuses if that, depending on what your second round pick makes. And then you got to have some wiggle room in the year to, to promote guys, sign guys from the practice squad, whatever. So that's about it. But yeah, so we're starting with about twenty mil. Without if they had kept Carlos Dunlap at his fifteen million dollar cap hit number, they'd be down to what's that? Why do you do this to me? I know I hate count. Six mil. Six there mil. There you go. Sounds good. Which ain't a lot. That's not a lot to work with. But I, you'd have your best pass rusher. Yeah. They, this is what the Seahawks do. They try to make things as difficult as possible and then wonder why things might not work out the way they think they should being in the Super Bowl, winning it all. Carlos Dunlap was a, a vital piece to that defense. The argument can be made, oh, Jamal Adams was made more important, so I get why the Seahawks did that. Well... In actuality, Carlos Dunlap probably took us some double teams. If you watch the film, Carlos uh, Dunlap did yeah. a lot of work there that allowed for Jamal Adams to have one-on-ones with a tight end or a running back. If Carlos Dunlap's in that situation, hell, they might double team Jamal Adams, and now Jamal Adams doesn't have the nine and a half sacks set a career no. record for himself in the in the league. This decision, there, I want to, I, I really want to hear what if Pete and those guys did a zoom, I'd be like, hey, like why, why couldn't you make this deal work? What was he asking for? Was it too much? Did you guys not want to give him all that money? I think I thought he played really well. Of course, it took him a few weeks to get under, get back into this, the scheme of things and getting into the game. But other than that, Carlos was phenomenal. I think he had a sack in his first game. And even maybe? then, there you know people were saying, yeah, he still got get, he still has to get acclimated to the defense. It's been a while. He hasn't played. He was sitting at home waiting for an opportunity. Seahawks gave him an opportunity. Of course, of course, he's still working out. But when I mean sitting at home, I mean he's not playing actively for an NFL team. Well, he was on the Bengals, but they like remember they they, they, they cut his snaps and all that and they, stuff. He just wasn't him. having. Yeah, like he was playing for the Bengals, but he wasn't playing for the Bengals. Exactly. That was that was the issue. Like if Pete, if we were to get Pete on a Zoom, and I don't know, people have asked me this too. I don't know why they haven't done a Zoom or John Snyder hasn't done one. It's not mandated, I don't think, because you know usually it'd be at the combine. Yes. And that is for the most part mandated. Some teams, actually, most teams, it look like are having their coach or their GM or their owner speak in lieu of combine availability the Seahawks don't have anything planned to my knowledge I don't necessarily care but if they were honestly they really probably shouldn't speak because of the rest stuff like Mm. that's just gonna there's nothing they could say and this is to get sidetracked a little bit I posed the question on Twitter and was like would you guys meaning fans need to hear from Pete and John in light of all the rust news and rumors and even our report that you guys should go check out and a lot of people said I have I didn't do a poll but I scrolled through a lot of the mentions there were a lot of them probably like 200 or so most of the people said no uh, they don't need to hear from Pete and John and that I would I'd lean towards agreeing saying that they're just not going to benefit from anything they would say because you basically have two options you're either going to validate all of Russ's concerns or you're either going to like downplay them and I don't think either of that either scenario does any good because if you validate it then everyone's like wow we really do need to panic in Seattle right like that's and you don't want to sell panic offseason about selling hope if they were to be like nah Russ is tripping these things are actually good like the media blew it out of proportion which is probably what they would do blame us um then it looks like <laughs> then you, you have the chance of pissing off Russ because Russ really legitimately is upset I'm actually very confident 
Oh, yeah. In saying that. But if they were to speak on free agency and cutting Carlos, it sounds like my understanding of it is they traded for Carlos, restructured his deal from Cincinnati to get him under the cap so they could play him. And it was just like, hey, man, we're going to make your 2021 salary really high. Like, okay. That's cool. I think Carlos is repped by Drew Rosenhaus, too, which is like a power agent in the league. So uh, him and Rose, Carlos and Rosenhaus is like, yo, that's cool. We're going to get an extension at the end of the year. It's like, yeah, Seahawks like, we'll talk. We'll talk about it. We'll figure it out. All right, well, if we can't figure it out, since you're going to take money out of my client's pocket right now, then how about if we can't come to an agreement on an extension, you just let my guy hit the market. Let him hit the market and see what he's worth. We'll give you first right of refusal or something like that, which basically means that if, if the Jets call and say, hey, we want Carlos, here's this. We're like, all right, cool, thanks. I love that. Let me just see if the Seahawks will match that. You know, that's I think Sherm has something similar go on in his free agency. After the Niners offered him that deal, he called John Snyder. John Snyder was like, we ain't doing that. Sherm becomes a Niner. So, like, I can get that part of it. That, like, you can't agree on an extension, so you let the guy test the market, something you guys had kind of previously agreed on. At least that's kind of my understanding of the situation. The issue with that is, and the fear I have with him ever coming back, and this is why in the kind of the mock scenario I did for free agency, I don't have him coming back. If they couldn't agree on an extension and he's willing to test the market, that tells me that they're they're very far off between what Carlos believes himself to be worth and what the Seahawks believe Carlos to be worth. Like, I don't think it's a couple million dollars here. Like, this feels like, like Clowney. Like, I think Clowney... The Seahawks probably offered him, dang, I think we said it on this show. What was it, like 13-5, 12-5, something really low, so maybe maybe even lower than that. Meanwhile, Clowney thought he's like a DeForest Buckner and $20 million a year guy. That's a huge gap. I think we had Joe Fan on the show last year and was like, if it's between 15 and 17 or something like that, that's that's petty. Like, just yeah. pay it. Or if you're Clowney, accept it. I can't remember where Joe's stance was. The point is, it was perceived to be a small amount. I actually thought it was a very large amount that they were off of. And what did Clowney end up signing for, like, 13? Right. Like, I think there's a huge gap in between what Clowney thought he was worth and what other teams or what teams perceived it to be worth. I think the Seahawks, I can assume, I'm not talking to anybody. I've got to be clear now because people don't trust whether I'm after all the rough stuff I didn't I didn't spill on the show. But my guess would be that Carlos thinks he's here. Like, you guys can't see, but I got my hand raised high. Hi, he's high up there, right? Just had a really good season. Um, pass rushers are always at a premium. He's 32, but he just balled out. The Seahawks are like, you're down here. Mm. I think that, that they are very far apart. And the reason I, I think this is such a gamble for Seattle is because if you're willing to let him go test it, you're willing to lose him. And what have we seen, Chris, since Frank Clark left? If there's not a dude dominating up front with this team on, on the D-line, their pass rush, it doesn't just become average. It becomes like one of the worst in the league. In 2019, they were what, the worst? Third worst? Bottom they were, five? They were pretty bad. Yeah, they were one of the worst in the league. Okay, 2020, to start the first half of the year, they were legit the worst. Not a question. They did, like legit the worst in the league. Um their pass rush performance, their final game before trading for Carlos against Arizona where Kyler dropped back 50 times and they didn't get a quarterback hit, that is absurd. Like, we've seen with this team, when they don't have a guy, they don't know how to get a pass rush generated. They just don't have it. So if you're, they're willing to risk their guy, that tells me that they're really far off. Like, Carlos, think, I don't know the numbers. I don't want to ballpark it, but I would imagine. Actually, yes, I will ballpark it. I would imagine Carlos thinks he's an eight-figure guy. And the Seahawks are well below that on, like, per-year basis. And if that's the case, Carlos ain't coming back. Because I think Carlos can get 
eight figures from somewhere that needs a veteran pass rusher, a team that's real close um, to, you know, like being a contender, Cleveland, um, Buffalo, Indy. I think Carson Wentz stinks, but Indy's perceived to be a contender. So, like, you got to throw them uh, on the list. Hell, maybe even a Kansas City if they got money. Like, New Orleans, I don't know. Like, I think there's just going to be teams that are like, we'll take on a Carlos Dunlap because we know he's going to get busy. So now, Chris, I'm I'm assuming that the Seahawks are going to enter free agency for, like, what? The third straight year? Whether it's one of their top priorities is a pass rusher. And I don't know how an organization can call itself, like, legit. When you you need a premium position every year, you know what I mean. Like that's you just can't have that. You can't. But as you mentioned, here they are back again with the same problem. We need a pass rusher, and maybe this year they get it right. There's a few free agents out there, and we'll get into it in regards to your story and how that relates and who you think could fit with the Seahawks and who they might bring back. But ultimately, they're they're banking on we can we can make it work. And I I personally, after seeing it and discussing it. I don't know if it's going to work out in their favor. It might be another situation. They don't have a pass rush. And then they probably bring somebody in in the middle of the year. Yeah, do another trade. Exactly. Where where they're able to revamp it and get it to where it needs to be. But by then, what's the record? Everything changes. We don't see ours were lucky last season with how everything went. And you bring in Carlos Dunlap. Oh, damn, this actually works out. And and you get Jamal back at the same time. It was like a double whammy there. Because Jamal was hurt. Exactly. You can't bet on that. Again, this year happening that way. It could be a stretch where it's not as pretty. They're under 500 by two, three games. Right. And now you're still looking for a pass rush. Like what? Or you're, or, or you're paying a premium for a pass rusher. You know they got they got lucky because Carlos was in a, a bad situation. And yeah. He wanted out, and then the Bengals kind of you know was like here. Sure. Like that's not always the case that you can just pick up a guy off the scrap heap essentially because yeah. they got him for like a six round pick. Usually you got to pay up. To get dudes who are going to ball out like that, you just shouldn't put yourself in position. Even the Clowney trade, remember they traded for him like August. Yeah, and it, it they were he, all of camp with no pass rushers. And it never. I remember the first excuse: "Oh, I got to get acclimated to the new defense. I haven't been doing much. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little exhausted. I'm gonna get my legs under me. It, I get it. Okay, cool. Then it became, oh well, we it's we're a unit. We got to figure out you know everybody's job. Yeah, how to rush with each other. And, and some people, we were talking about on KJR. In regards to, is it just as simple as putting your head down and rushing? Rushing the passer. And Cliff was like, nah, it's no, not that easy. No, no, no. You got and reads I, and stuff, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with him. I know it ain't that easy. Because if it was that easy, guess what? You know, everybody be a pass rusher. Everybody be in the league. It's, right, Football yeah. wouldn't be so popular because everybody's doing it. All the big dudes would be good at it. <laughs> no, there's technique and stuff, too, yeah, for sure. For there's sure. other intangibles that go into being an elite pass rushing team. Everybody has to be on sync. Everybody has to know what they're doing. And but you need what, a stud. Yeah, and, but at what point does it all click? And for me, I'm thinking something's wrong with Jadavion because he's not week to week doing it. We saw it one time. That was against the San Francisco 49ers. That was his best, that was his, that was his best game of the season. He just yep. dominated. We didn't see that again. And I get he got no, hurt. He got hurt, yeah. And it was a serious injury. It wasn't, you know, I sprained my finger. It no, doesn't no. really affect your game. He needed it, surgery and was delaying it, it so was he could serious, play. Yeah. And he still played through it. Mm-hmm. And now he went. To Tennessee. And didn't do didn't nothing. Didn't do anything. Got hurt again. And now, if you're the Seahawks, you're like, well, we had Carlos Dunlap, but we didn't want to make it work. We couldn't agree on the money aspect of things. Right, right. It just came down to it. But how do you let that... I mean, there has to be something that says, nah, we can't let him go. Because I was on the front of... We can't... The Seahawks can't let Jadavian Clowney walk. 
boy, was I wrong. Because if the Seahawks would have kept him, well, it might have been the same thing. Nothing well, happened. The process of keeping Clowney would have made sense. Right, because even like I know the process, but my my thing was he didn't even produce when he went to Tennessee. Yeah, so nah. me saying me clamoring for hey the Seahawks got to bring him back no matter what. I literally said the Seahawks' number one priority is bringing back Jadavian Clowney. They didn't do it. They got a better guy in Carlos Dunlap, and he worked out for them in favor later though. Yeah, later, that's... but he worked out. I don't know if Jadavian, if I if the Seahawks went and you know listened to the kid and was like you know what. Like what you were saying, Chris. We'll take a risk on it. But I would have understood if they was like, look, we need a pass rusher. We need a yes. guy. If they had thought Clowney that. was the guy to kind of set it. Because you can't go out there with dudes. Because pass rushing, I know I'm not. I'm, I'm going to oversimplify it like crazy. But some of it is a numbers thing. Like a large part of it. So if you think about it, right? A four-man rush. If you've got a guy who demands double teams... You change the math back to you level the playing field because you got four man four man rushing against five linemen, right? So if if I got a guy on the edge who your guard and your tackle have to take him, well then everyone else now we're playing what is that? That'd be three on three, the rest of the uh, way. Otherwise we're rushing four on five every, every snap, mm-hmm. right? Like and we're we're getting screwed. And no one could beat a double team, or like no one's demanding those double teams, and we're just kind of we're kind of at a loss. Then you got to start sending blitzes. Why do you send blitzes to get a numbers advantage? It's a numbers game. Sending people at the quarterback. Can we send Jamal, or we send a linebacker and Jamal? Because now what? Now we're rushing. Let's say I send a linebacker and a DB. Six. That's that's six on five. Yeah. What is it? What do what do they have to do? Put a tight end there, running back. or a running back, right? Max protection. You get seven guys back. It's all numbers, right? So when you have an elite dude. You change the numbers in your favor. That's why Aaron Donald can be so nasty from the middle. Because, like, you might need three dudes to get him. Now you've got the advantage as the front. So I think, like, this gamble that they're taking, I, I, I don't think it's worth it. I think whatever whatever that, whatever that the difference is between what Carlos thinks and what they would have wanted, I think that they, they have put themselves in a position, not necessarily if this is, like, a good or bad business, they have put themselves in a position where you got to give that dude what he wants. You have to, because otherwise we're looking at another year where we can already smell it, Chris. They're gonna sign some dudes for the low. <laughs> we're gonna. Go, I, I, I I did the work for them and, and signed some dudes for the, for like a, a decent rates for them. But we already know what they're gonna do. They're probably gonna sign some dudes for the low. Uh, draft again. And be like we really like the guys we have. We like you know because I could see Pete talking himself into signing who's a uh, signing Everson Griffin. Like they're, they're, they're I si- looked at him too. To yeah, be they're, they're signing would be like it, let's say they bring back Bruce, repairing his ACL. They bring back Benson Mayo, sign Everson Griffin, counting on Dale Daryl Taylor to be healthy. Year two of Alden Robinson, year four of Rasheem Green, year three of LJ Collier, healthy Jamal Adams helping the pass rush because that's what he does. And Pete being like, yep, that's what. We- that's what we're going to do. I could see that in his head and a rookie again. Did I mention a rookie? Yeah, let's say they bring in a rookie or something like that. Like, I could say maybe they bring back Javante Moore too, right? So you bring back most of your guys, all for relatively good costs, um, and then you add, like, one dude um, and, like, Everson or something, and an Everson equivalent, even if it's a Melvin Ingram. Like, that'd be the only move. I, and then by, like, week four, we're right back at it. Like, man, you know, the Seahawks pass rush. What's up with the Seahawks pass rush? The Seahawks pass rush. You don't have to do that. It doesn't have to be your plan. You can actually get good players, which is at the at the heart of what Russ is so pissed about. Russ is like, yo, why don't we just go get good players? Do you think in the Seahawks' terms of thinking that they will go out and 
buy a pass rusher, a good one. Especially, let's, I know we're going to get into scenarios and what they might do, what they could do, what they should do. Mm-hmm. But is there a scenario where you think the Seahawks actually just cash out and spend 16 mil a year for a defensive player? Or is that not happening based on what we've seen in the past and just how we see the money basically coming, how we see the money going during free agency and what we see moves wise? You know, I don't think so. Like, so here, I'll put it like, let's get into one of the scenarios I did. I did, I did a story on The Athletic. Um, it's called Three Paths to a Successful Seahawks Offseason, How Joe Thune and Cor- Corey Lindsay Can Fit. And I broke down three different ways the Seahawks could get, you know, a better team, right? Because they need one. They have to win a championship now or Russ is gone. So, like, that's – or Pete's gone. One of the two. This is going to end 2022 if they don't have a championship. So, like, the time is now. You have to just go now. Do whatever you got to do now. So, I'm assuming that on a, you know, let's say they have $182 million cap. So, what we say? They had 20, 20 yep. to start with? Uh, let's say they free up close to 12 with a restructure for Russ. You move some of his money around. You extend Bobby um, with some, like, non-guaranteed years to add about 9 mil. You extend Quandre, Tyler, and Jamal, and you get up to mm, what, 21. Uh, oh, that's 20. Yep, give him another 20. So by that, you got a lot. We're working with, like, 60. All right, so it was actually 60 plus, I think. So I'm assuming they do all that, right? And those are all decent moves. Quandre someone you want long-term. Tyler someone you want long-term. Jamal someone you want long-term. Like, I can understand extending all of those players, which is why I'm not saying extend, like, Dwayne Brown, who's 35. Um, good player, but I don't know how long he's going to play. So if you give him, like, a three-year extension, like, having him for this year is enough, I think. Same thing with Jay Reed, I think. But if you want to extend those guys, too. I also think, like, they should keep KJ, give him, like, two years, 13 and a half, um, $6 million signing bonus, make sure his cap hits, like, four mil for the year, and then you give Puna a second-round tender. That's like, that's fine, right? So there we go. We got money. We didn't really cut anybody but Carlos. Let Chris Carson walk, let Shaq walk, Jacob Hollister, and Demo. So we need to fill some spots. But still, Chris, that's like 60 mil right there. Last year, I think they had like 54 to play with. I think that's what they, they ended up spending. So this year, working with something very similar on a lower cap. Um, but I think they have more. They don't have as many holes as last year. Because last year, they definitely needed de- defensive end, which I guess they still do this year. Um I was a little bit more worried about receiver, though I guess I am again. Never mind. Never mind. Everything you're saying they need is- the same spots. <laughs> yep. Yep, never, never, never same spots. So, like, in, in one of my scenarios, I'm going to jump to the second one because um, something you said made me think about it. Oh, yeah, it was a, a pass rusher. Like, in this one, I have them given, um, and hold on, before I get into this, agents do a lot of very hard work. They do. Because for me to project all of these contracts that I have, like, for example, I projected um, a contract for Corey Lindsley, right? And I was using, I was looking at center contracts. I was looking at, like, stats as much as I could for centers. Uh, I was looking at age. And I was looking at signing bonuses and years and length um, and scheme fits. Um, and then... Uh, track or spot track, whatever has their market value calculator, and then um, PFF has their market value calculator, and then I even text our Green Bay guy Matt. Shout out to Matt for some advice. Like I did all that for one guy, <laughs> just to come up with a number, and then I got three years, thirty-four and a half. Like that was all for one dude. Like, I did all that research for one guy, and I ended up doing that for like fifteen, 
20 dudes. Like, that's a lot of work that agents do. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Um, but in this scenario, like, I gave Corey Lindsley $34 million for three years. I gave Joe Thune, I, paid, I made him the highest paid guard in the league, about $15 million. I got Marvin Jones on, like, eight and a half a year or something like that. And then to your point about a pass rusher, this is where I would love to see Seattle do something like this, even though I don't think they will. That was a question. You don't think yeah, they will? Yeah, okay. I don't think they will, but... Man, it makes so much sense because the part of the thing is age, right? You want When you pay a guy, you want to think his best years are ahead of him. You don't want to pay a guy for what he's done. You pay him for what he's going to do because he was making money when he was doing the thing. Like, for real. Like, I get, I get like, why guys, like, feel like they were underpaid, but at the end of the day, you were paid. Like, don't pay. I'm not paying you because you just had a Pro Bowl season. You were under contract at the time. I'm paying you now because I think you're going to have more Pro Bowl seasons. See, that's why I know people don't want to pay Shaq around here. If you're going to pay Shaq, it's because you think that his best years are ahead of him. You know, like that's, which is understandable. He's 25 years old. If you go pay Carl Lawson from Cincinnati and I give him a four year, what I give him? Four years, 48, right? That's, 20, that's $12 million a year. It's 16, I gave him a $16 million signing bonus, a cap hit in 2021 of 10 mil. That's an not estimate. Bad. That's not, like, if I'm, if I'm Pete Carroll, I'm like, Pete, we, you can do something like that. Pass rushers go for, what is Joey Bosa making? Like 25 26, mil, 26 million? 26 million? Let me double check. Joey Easy. Bosa is making a, I was about to cuss on here, man. Look, their pass rusher rates are very, very high. Like, Buckner is making, I think, 21 um, up in uh, Indy, pass rushers cost a lot. If you get a a solid dude, so he's Joe, making twenty one. What's his What's his contract? You mean his whole contract? contract is five year, one hundred thirty five million. That's so like twenty seven or he's something. He's making thirteen this season. He's making twenty one, twenty twenty two. He's making twenty four in twenty twenty three, and potential out of course in twenty twenty four, and then he's at fifteen and seventeen. But what's the What's the average per year though? Give me the that average one. per year is roughly. 27. Yeah, so that's your that is what pass rushers be going for. Like or even around there. Frank's at like 20. DeMarcus Lawrence is at like 20. If if I could get a Carl Lawson who's a baller but has just been up in Cincy, right? Just just like Carlos Dunlap. If I can get Lawson for 48 mil over 4 and he's 26 years old. Come on, man. That's one of those like if you're going to take a gamble, take a gamble there. You know, I, I like a gamble there, but I, I don't think to answer your question, it's a long way to way of answering it. I oh, don't think they will, but like that scenario right there where like uh, you, you, you let Ethan Postick walk, but you, you know, you go get Corey Lindsay. You let you go p- get the highest paid guard in the league. You go get a good number three option in Marvin Jones. I like Marvin Jones, but I also said in this scenario, if you want to get like Willie Sneed too, it's fine too. Um, someone responded and said, well, we just keep Demo. I like I think you need to upgrade at number three. Yeah, you said that on after one of the games, you were just stating that you need someone that's more shifty and get out of breaks quicker. Someone that's that's a real good number three that would fit what the Seahawks want to do, especially with their now, I guess, getting back to the run game again. But what they were doing earlier is quick passes. You want someone that can get a screen and go for ten and fifteen. Well, even if he, even if Marvin don't do that, you know what he, you know what your number three also needs to be able to do. He doesn't need to, but if he can, it's great. Is be your number two if something happens. Oh, yeah. Marvin, he was number one. And, we exa- <laughs> and what we've seen with the Seahawks in the last couple of years is when Tyler Lockett gets hurt, the offense goes in the hellhole. Like, he got hurt, I think, midway through the last two seasons. And you could just tell he just wasn't, wasn't right. Now, he's made plays to, like, kind of make us say, okay, he's got something there. But, like, between... Whatever game he went off this year, and then like the final game, he was he just didn't look right. 
Right. Same thing with last year or 2019. He just had a stretch where he just was. He got hurt, had the knee injury against the Niners. Just didn't look right. In those scenarios, I don't think they have enough to like compensate. I don't think that if you're if you're number three guys, Demo, who I think is a very good receiver, I don't think that you have enough to like, all right, Tyler's on the mend or DK's on the mend. Let's say something like DK. That you're like, all right, cool, we'll have these other guys pick it up. If you're number three is a Marvin Jones, you do. Yeah, so I got I got him on like two years, 18 and a half. Like that's and this like for when when you guys are looking at some of these deals, and this is what I had to really dive into with some of this contract stuff, all the cap hits I projected were like estimates. But, like, you can structure them. Like, you can make this. Uh, what I wish, I bet you'll see a lot of teams do this year. What Seattle should do is backload the contract. So, let's say you do sign a guy like Corey Lindsley. But even though it's three years, $34.5 million, um, you, got, you have him on a, you know, you can lower the base salary. You can make his base salary a million damn dollars. Or you can make it the, the veteran minimum. It really doesn't even matter. You can make it whatever and then just like have the signing bonus prorated over, you know, multiple years. And then you can have a low cap hit. Like I think the cap hit I had for him on a $34 million contract was ultimately just this year, $6 Because I made his base salary really low um, this year. I think I made it like $3 bucks or something. That's the stuff you can do to manipulate contracts. Like, it's not, there's ways for the Seahawks to do this. If they come out of this, Chris, like, well, we think they will, that's a failure. Like, you just can't do that. And also, in this scenario, I had, um, I had them signing Jared Cook. I don't know if people will be happy about that, Jared Cook. Oh, he did I think, drop a pass. I think he can ball, though. I really do think he can ball, and he's a good pass catcher. You just don't pay him seven mil like they pay Greg Olson. Like, I think I gave Jared half of that. Yeah. Like, I'd bet you people wouldn't be as mad at Greg Olson signing if it was for half the money. Literally half. Yeah, if it was three and a half. That is what I gave Jared. And then I signed Mark Ingram for like 2.5 or something like that and brought back Quentin Dunbar. Like, that's a, that's a decent squad. I've upgraded the O-line. I got us a stud pass rusher. got a legit number three receiver. Found a new tight end that's not, you know, breaking the bank. Got a running back to pair with Rashad. The problem is your corners are Quinn, DJ Reed, and Trey. That's I like it. I mean, I I did mix it up a little bit after all the hard work you did. I put in my good six hours, maybe if not or less. I mean, that's a lot of time. So you put in over a week, probably like ninety to hundred. So so that's yeah. <laughs> I did, I did put a lot. Through, I only had to do a couple of guys that I really thought could fit with the offense. A and B. I thought the Seahawks could make a run for. And one of those guys, receivers, you talked about, we talked about it off wax with Curtis Samuel. You're like, ah, he might want too much. I think it depends on the pitch and the delivery with the Seahawks because Curtis is coming off a career high. He was, what, 50 yards shy of he's a, he's a He's a baller. And with the Seahawks offer, to your point, if Tyler Lockett goes down, she's got Curtis Samuel, dog. Like, what are you talking no, about? No, he's nice. Curtis Samuel can easily be a number one, but he's undersized, not the biggest guy. Hmm. He makes plays. Hell yeah. I would think. He is a receiver that definitely is someone the Seahawks should be looking at. Now, will the Seahawks go out and get him? I don't know. But how much the, would you? How much would you pay that? So I, I gave so, I gave one of mine. That's my one of my stuff. I really like that. That's my scenario. I really like that. Of all the three that I wrote, that was the one where I felt good. Like, man, these guys could really pull something like this off. The only issue I think they would run into is the years on the Thune deal. I think he would want more years, but I don't. Th- I think you can make that happen without um, changing the cap hit. Too much. Like I think I gave him three years, forty-five at fifteen a year makes him the highest. If you want to give him four years and sixty, that's cool too, or sixty-one, whatever. To- We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't really care. Like, I think that that was the only issue. But that seems real, real plausible. But what what do you got? I did a similar thing. I rushed extension. I did a rush extension. I didn't do a restructure. That stayed about 14.3. Bobby restructure, six six and some chains saved. Jamal extended seven mil. I actually extended Dwayne Brown. If he still wants to play and he's able to play at a high level, okay, I get it. Keep doing your thing. Yeah, if he's going to do he's the Andrew Whitworth. Brady, all right? Or Andrew Whitworth would be the better comp. That's a better yeah. comparison, yes. And then I digs extension as well, and that put up around 56 million saved, right? All right. With that, I was thinking the Seahawks throw Curtis Samuel Bone here, all right? We're looking at two years, 22 million. Whoo. Oh, man. <laughs> Tough one. I know. Yeah, that's... Not to mention with the offensive line, the Seahawks love doing this, so I went with Austin Blythe. He's not going to cost a lot because he's middle of the pack. He is someone that's... To Seahawks play center? Center, yes, because Ethan Posey walked, as we now know. Or, Austin. well, he, he could come back. And one of my scenarios, I kept Ethan. But, they, yeah, he, in your he, scenario, he walks. That's he fine. walks. I really like... See, with the Seahawks, they really like case studies. And I know Austin Blythe would be one of them. He is not the best center in the league. He's not the worst. Right in the middle. And when you when I looked up on PFF ranking, you know, he ranked at a 70. I'm going to round it up to a 70. He's a 69 overall. I round to a 70. Who was the other comp that you compared him to? I forget the name. Oh, my goodness. We were talking about centers, and you threw out some guy. Dude, from, dude from Buffalo? Uh, he was 62. I remember like, the rating. He yeah, was this was, well, this was yeah, their grade for the year. I think it was like yeah. 50. It was like Mitch Morse. Maybe the Buffalo center. It was 62, and I was like, all right, he is far better than he is on that scale and the Seahawks this, this is what they do I wouldn't be surprised if they went out and got a case study where they can form and work with him and build him and mold him into the center they want him to be right we've seen it done before the Seahawks have, they, I mean it's very rare they go out and you know we're going to get an Andrew Whitworth that's not what Seahawks do they literally either they draft you or they bring you in and they mold you it's one of the two right well the Blythe thing well he used to play for the new OC so that's your are we saying his name right? Is that how you say that? I'm going with it. Okay. You know, I'm sounding confident in it. I'm not going back. Yeah, down no, that's now. that's that's fine. <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can find some. But yeah, familiarity with Shane. Yeah, nice. he used to work, and he used to work with uh, the new run game coordinator. Who used Ran- to- Seahawks get nabi from the Rams. I think his name is Andy Dickerson. Yeah. No, there's something there. How much you paying him? So based on that, I would say another two year deal. Eleven and a half million. Because he wasn't making much to begin with. I think he was making three and a half million. Per, wait, three. per year or total? To- total. For oh. Two years. two years. Okay. Eleven and a half million. Okay. So that's roughly what? Six, six and a half, six million? Yeah. And his, and his cap hit doesn't even have to be that. It could be, be lower this year. Yeah. And I think 
You took you you made some flexibility with the offensive line. Okay. Okay. And that's what the Seahawks do. What else we got? So defensively, I really wasn't sold on defensive ends. I kind of just shot in the dark. But I will. I I do like the the problem with the young guy you just mentioned. Who Carl Carl Lawson? I I just don't. He know. He is young. I just don't know. And you're putting him in a franchise that, like you said, if it's Super Bowl bust. Is he ready for that? I mean, I, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Shoot. I mean, it, I got to I mean, pay somebody. No, you do. The Seahawks have to pay somebody, and they didn't want to pay Carlos. Mm-hmm. So while I'm with it, the other names out there, Melvin Inger is going to be too much. No, no. He shouldn't be too much. You don't think so? No, 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 no. He, came nah. he had a bad year, was hurt. Nah. He, he, I thought about him as a cheaper guy. Maybe like four mil a year or something like that. Real low. Because he's also 32, I think. I think he's the same age as Carlos Dunlap, but it's the difference in Carlos. Production. Yeah, what like. What did you do for me last year? Yeah, like What are you going to do for me this year? <laughs> right, and health, too. Like, when you're hurt, guys, you know, it's just, you got to take that Carlos into account. Carlos the whole season. He finished it off. Yep, yeah. It'd be so much easier to see how I just brought him back. <laughs> uh, they still can, but I'm just. I don't see that Skeptical. Happening. So, we got, who, who are we, okay, you don't want, you don't want to, do you want Melvin? Melvin's fine. He is fine, but I think he's going to cost a lot. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I, when I was projecting contracts right, for him, so I was given like two years and nine, maybe maybe even three years and nine, two years damn. and 11 tops, maybe. I I just so don't. I got Curtis, Austin. Do I do, I do it? Mm. Who else were you thinking? I like that. You know what? You sold me on the Melvin. So we'll do two years for Melvin. We'll do it at. We'll do it at thirteen. Yeah, that's probably that, fine. That's I'll, fair, right? So, uh, um, I'll give you. The, let's let's use a ballpark here. Like the guys that he's being compared to. Yeah, I, another feature is um, this one's not free. Uh, over the cap, <laughs> over the yeah. caps, twenty twenty one free agency guide. Um, they got Melvin at, yeah, two years. Uh, oh my God, they got him at two years, nine a year. So maybe that is more expensive than I thought. Hey, it could be. I'm going to go with one of your scenarios in regards to the offensive guard. I'll go with Joe Thune. I think that was another. They need they need someone at guard. You lose a veteran who in and out of the lineup, and that's Mikey Apati. Injuries. Oh, yeah, he hurt. retired. He's done. You need someone there. Bringing in Joe, I th- making him the highest paid, I'll go with that too. How, how which, What kind of contract are you looking at? For Joe. I, gave him, I made him the highest at 15 a year. I don't know if I want to make him the highest because I still think there's opportunity to maybe get another pass rusher in there. So I would go maybe two years, 10 mil. Oh, yeah. See, I don't think you're getting the highest paid guard in the league because I think he just played on a franchise tag. And so the franchise tag, to... yeah, that's the that's the issue there. You can make, you got room to make, in your scenario, you got room oh, to I make do. him the highest. I, man, like I said, I made 56 mil work. Right now I'm down to what? I made those three offers. So we're down to 27, uh, 30, 30 million. So I still got room. So, you know, I guess I could offer him the best. Because what you can do is you can tweak the cap hits too. Like, that's the thing. You can make his, you can do a big, big deal like that and then make his base salary a million dollars. Um, and then, like, even though on a big cap hit, let's say you give him a, a huge signing bonus, you just prorate that joint. So even if the signing bonus is huge, you spread that out over four or five years. It and makes then, it work. Yeah, that's how Dak just got the bag. But Dak's <laughs> cap hit for 2021 is like 22 million million dollars yeah right because the uh the way they they finessed it i think people underestimate the ability finesse man that's well, how, that's how the saints keep filling the damn team <laughs> they over the cap every year and that's done caught up to them though this year uh yeah no, they cut they cut everybody now <laughs> but yeah that 
that w- those are just some of the snows that I would like to see. Again, I really like Curtis Samuel. I know you think he's going to cost too much, but I think if the Seahawks get him in that room and talks about talk about maybe the standpoint of, hey, if someone goes down, you're our number one guy, you're going to get those targets, you're going to get those passes, and maybe down the road we can get you another big deal because he's still a young fella. He's not old, okay? Yeah, I think he's like 25. He, he is a young guy that put on last season, and he put in work. No one can stop him. And now he's a free agent, and he probably wants the bag, but maybe he also wants an opportunity to be in the postseason because he wasn't getting an opportunity with the Panthers. All right, they were out; they were four and twelve, if I'm not mistaken. They were bad. It's only bad. Yeah, so now know. you go from bad to a potential team that wants to a win a Super Bowl, and in this situation, it's Super Bowl or bust, and, and then Russ is out of town. Right? This is an opportunity for him to show that I can be a part of this. We can get to the Super Bowl. We can win with me. I'm going with those guys. I, I, I like that. You got any running backs or tight ends? Did you sign anyone there? We t- no, I didn't do any running backs. I I probably definitely. Wow, not. you don't think running backs matter, dog? That's I messed did up. I say that. I will. I do. I did mention maybe not. I think I did on this one of these episodes talk about bringing in a bell cow, and you mentioned him in your story. That bell cow is Mark Ingram. He fits the mold of what the Seahawks want to do in regards to running the football. Give it to a bruiser, and then you have a shot penny. You have all yeah. You, other- you're thinking it's got to be a one-two punch. I think it has to be. I, I mean, especially with Pete, you know, we're gonna run the ball better. Yeah, and that's the other thing. I think I should have said this too, and I, I haven't been able to report this necessarily, but like, I am under the assumption that there is not going to be a happy middle between what Pete wants and what Russ wants in 2021. Now, I, I, I only kind of made some calls about this prior to our rush story coming out so maybe our story has changed some things but i don't want to think that our story is going to change the course of the offense i don't give ourselves that much credit it's my understanding that they are more likely to be towards what pete wants that's why i think they're gonna have a hard time finding a a third receiver because guys are gonna want to get the ball Right. And if you if you if you I feel like I'm walking into a run first offense, that's tricky. Like I think Marvin Jones is even wishful thinking. But if they could get Curtis, that'd be great. I'm just scared. Like I do think like I they're gonna double down on Pete Ball. Well, that's true as well, and that probably just blows smoke at everything I said in regards to I mean, to- me too. I mean I got him paying that's a lot for a, a third guy. Their third receiver last year was David Moore, and they lowered his uh salary after yeah. he was only scheduled to make two million dollars. Yeah. And I'm giving I gave Marvin and mine like Nine and a half or something like that. You giving Curtis, what'd you give him, 11? Yeah, 11 and a half, two years. Yeah, see, like 11 and a half per or what? Two years out of two years, so six and a half per year. Oh, man. Yeah, see, I think Curtis is going to be a... a, a, a it's just, and you know what? You're age. right. He probably will. Some team might throw a bag at him, okay? 20 million, two seasons. Uh, Yeah, or, or he might be a guy who wants a longer deal, too. Because for some well. of these guys, you're only getting paid that one time. Yeah. You know, that's why I think, like, if you're if someone like Dooney who wants to be the highest paid in the league, give me, the, give, me that, give me that deal now because it's probably going to be... It you know especially for for an interior lineman guys that don't usually usually make a ton. I mean, honestly, it doesn't matter necessarily which who the guys are. I just wanted to like have us kind of map out what these could look like and how it could be done because I think that a lot of people see the numbers like oh Mike they only got this Chris they only got like guys they're starting with twenty mil yeah and we can create another thirty yeah, without cutting anybody extension and restructures Mike, extension and restructures I talked to Mike about a few days ago and he broke it all down. I was on the laptop looking up all types of stuff having fun with it they can do it it's just will they do it and who will they go out and get once they do 
free up some cash. Cause yeah, because I think that's what pe- the next step is like, all right, Mike, we got the cash. Who do we go get? Like, even in both of our scenarios, I think the line gets better for sure. You yeah. got all pro, uh, you got the, you know, one of the best guards in the league. And Joe. You know, and it, it, Tooney like, or Tooney? I, we've been saying Tooney this whole show. I hope that's how, how <laughs> it goes. We'll figure it out if they sign him. Um, <laughs> but like, even in my other scenario that I wrote, like, and I felt really good about this one too. It was like, you cut Brandon Shell, so you go get Daryl Williams from Buffalo um, to play your right tackle. You go get Joe up front, um, so you have him play left guard, and you have Damian Lewis at right guard, and I kept Ethan Posick in this scenario, so I was like, all right, cool, I'll give him another shot because it would be real low. It would be like, I can give him three mil or something like that. You know, His, He's not going to have no market. I brought back Sherm. Um, again, I, I wrote this too. I don't think that's something that Sherm would be opposed to, and I don't think that's something the Seahawks would be opposed to. And just a, It's just a matter of getting the money right. In the situation, right? And then up front, I brought back Clowney for the low. I think I brought back Clowney Ooh. for like six mil or something like that. And then I went and finally got Alden Smith. Yeah. Like, that's a dude who I think if you just ask him, it's like, hey, Alden, your job is to rush the passer. Even at 31 or however old he is, th- he can do stuff like that. Like, he that can be his job. Year. Yeah, like, that can be his job. And he did it on a team that had a trash defense where the pass rush ops weren't there. Like, I like to look at pass rush percentage, like percentage of pressures that guys get. Like, I don't, the sack numbers are one thing, but I think you can, pressures are better because pressure burst pipes, you know, and pressures, um, pressure is less dependent on, I think, who you are pressuring, whereas sacks are largely about who you are sacking for the most part. Like, guys are going to, guys who play in the NFC West or play Russ a lot, you're going to have a lot of sacks, right? I think, like, a good example is someone like, and now he had a lot of sacks in other games too, but like Leonard Floyd of the Rams, you know, if you look at his total numbers, playoffs, playoffs, him. And I, like, I like that signing too. But like, even to my to my point here about a guy like Floyd is, you played Russ. If you encounter his playoff numbers too, which is what um, his agent would probably use, he played Russ three times, right? Russ takes a lot of sacks. Your numbers are gonna reflect that. I think he sacked Russ a bunch, you know, because he take now if you play quarterbacks who don't. You know, like Aaron Rodgers, Big Ben, um, guys who just play behind better O-lines. Brady doesn't take a ton of sacks. You know, Jared, it's like if you're a, someone who plays Jared Goff a lot, Jared Goff doesn't take a lot of sacks. Like, your numbers will reflect that. But your pressure percentages will be pretty consistent year to year, I think, um, unless you're like Preston Smith, who I also think if the Packers cut him, he'd be interesting. But like even, even my other scenario where I got, like, I got Joe, I got Daryl Williams, boom, I've upgraded the O-line. I got us a new tackle, uh, got us a new guard, kept the same center. Um, but I do think Postic is someone, and I think uh, Ray Roberts uh, on Twitter who made this point that I agree with. If Postic's in the middle and the two dudes next to him are good, Postic could be all right. That's kind of my theory on, on Postic, and I, and I think Ray confirmed that. And then I got Broadback Sherm, Alden Clowney. Uh, kept uh, kept Quentin Dunbar too. Like that fixes the team too. Like this, all these scenarios we're talking about, they make Russ happy. Well, that's for one. And, it and starts it, with the O line, right? Yeah, exactly. You got to fix the O line first, Bring and you can do in. it. Like in that scenario, I think I gave Joe how much? I gave Joe. Yeah, it was the it was the uh, I gave him fifteen million a year, and then I also gave Daryl Williams three years, twenty seven. With twelve million dollars signing bonus, estimated cap hit about seven. So for this year, I'm only spending. 17 million on a new right tackle and arguably one of the best guards in the league. They can do that. They can do that. And so like when free agency starts, and again, this is our preview for it. We'll dissect whatever they do. When free agency starts, if they get to penny pension again, it is like usual because they want to. And I'm going to go, can I go on a rant real quick? Go ahead. You, You sure? 
Okay, got I got time. Okay. The Seahawks don't spend a lot of money in the first wave of free agency. That is not because they do not have money to spend. Like, I want to make that very clear. I know it may feel like that. It's like, ah, Mike, if Russ makes this, then we could... No. Last year, they had 54 mil to toy with on free agents. They only spelt 12 of that on linemen. I'm pretty sure it was Cedric Abui. Um, Hold on. I got the... I, I have it. I have it. Someone made a good chart of it. I think it might have been Ben Baldwin. Like, they're... Their reluctance to spend money is not about a lack of resources. I, I cannot make that more clear. Like, it's, it's an organizational vision. Uh, yeah, last year, they had, about, they had about 52. Actually, not 54. About 52. And they spent, they spent three and a half on, on Brandon Shell. They spent 2.5 on Michael Ayipati, 2.2 on Cedric Kabui. Um, I'm missing somebody else in BJ there. BJ Finney, three and a half. Oh, and, B- and BJ Finney. That's like t- roughly 12 or some change on four dudes. N- only one of them worth worth bringing back, mm. right? Like, the money is there. Where else did they spend money? Jay Reed, Greg Olson, Bruce Irvin all made more than all of the linemen that got signed last year. The Seahawks spending is about philosophy and vision it is not about resources if they wanted to go by linemen they would if they wanted to go by pass rushers they would if they wanted to go by corners they would it is not about not having money if you gave the seahawks a hundred million dollars they're probably going to come back with a similar grouping of of jay reeds and greg olson's last year it's not about how much they had if they had let's put it put it this way if they had 80 million last year to toy with instead of 52 they wouldn't have came back with jack conklin mm. Because they didn't want to spend on a Jack Conklin. They wouldn't have came back with a Brian Balaga. Because they wouldn't have wanted to spend like on a Brian Balaga. They like to work. <laughs> yeah, they like the open box specials. You know, you go to, like, my, my, my computer, my old computer. I have a MacBook now. My PC, it was, it was an open box special. So that water splashed on it. Uh, well, that was years later. I had that for a while. It was open box special, right? Like, I got it because someone else had had it and brought it back. Which is what free agency really is. It's you drafted a guy. I had him. Now we don't want him no more. So here's the market. And then well, it was a lot cheaper, you know, and it didn't last me as long, but it did what it had to do for a little bit. But the point being is that's what the Seahawks like. They like those things. It's not about um, resources. And there are a lot of teams like this. The Packers are very similar. The Ravens are very similar. The Patriots are very similar. Um, I'm missing another team in there, a good team that I can't think of off the top of my head. But there are a lot of teams whose organizational philosophy is, oh, Dallas. Dallas is another one. I guess they're not a good team, but you get the point. I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> like, Jerry Jones don't really be going out here and buying a bunch of new dudes. He'll pay his own guys. The Ravens will pay their own guys. The Steelers will pay their own guys. The Patriots will... They won't even pay their own guys, really, yeah. to be honest. But, like, you guys get the gist. It's not about resources. It is about philosophy. If you gave the Seahawks $100, they, or $100 million, they are not going to spend that on new linemen. Right? Most years. Uh, this year... Maybe with Russ lighting the fire to them, things change, which is why we spent however long just now talking about all these possibilities. But just know, it is not about, oh, the Seahawks don't have no money because Russ takes up this. No. Russ was, uh, Russ was on the low, and they had an expensive line. When they paid Russ, they still could have had an expensive line. Now, there would be sacrifices to be made elsewhere. You'd probably have to sacrifice on defense, which would be the thing. Because like, that's what the Seahawks did. And this is not like a free agency thing, but it kind of is related to free agency. When you pay a quarterback, right, for the most part, you're going to have to make sacrifices and draft well. You choose where those sacrifices are. The Seahawks chose, and I can understand this, 
they chose that when we paid our quarterback, the sacrifices were going to be made up front. We were going to have cheaper offensive players around him, um, with the exception of like Doug at the time, I think was making money, and Jimmy Graham. Those are probably the two. Um, and then they, they paid Tyler, but we didn't reset the market for him. The gist of what I'm saying is up front, they suffered. Right? They did. Where did they have expensive players? On defense. They chose to have a great defense because that's what Pete wanted, and it, it cost money to have one at the time. Do I agree with that at the time? You know what? Sure. Sure. Draft linemen and have expensive defense. I can feel that. I understand that. But acknowledge that that's a choice. Because you look at some other teams, look at Aaron Rodgers' O-line. That is not a bunch of dudes on minimum wage. Them dudes is A1. And they're, not, and they're not scrubs, <laughs> right? Like, they are good players playing behind. Like, even uh, there's been plenty of quarterbacks. Like, Brady's not playing for the vet minimum, right? And he plays, still plays behind good O-linemen. It's a choice, right? For the most part, you have to choose. There are sacrifices going to be made. If I'm the Seahawks now, as crazy as this sounds, you have to make a choice. Where are we going to spend our money now? You might have to take some hits on D to improve your front. And you know what? Chris, they don't have a choice at this point. They're going to lose Russ. (laughs) You want Russ or not? Yeah, it's like, and Pete might be like, you know what? I'll take a, give me a rookie again. And then I'll, I'll build, I'll build the defense. Maybe that's what he's thinking. Is that stupid to me? Yes. But you have to make a choice and they've made a choice before. And that's why Russ, I get what Russ is saying because like he sees other quarterbacks making a lot of money that also play behind good old lines. It's not impossible. Drew B's old line ain't, ain't crap because Drew B's makes a lot of money and Rogers old line ain't crap because Aaron Rodgers makes a lot of money. Big Ben's old line is nasty every year. Big Ben makes $55 million a year. It feels like it's doable. Um, but what those teams have done is who's to make sacrifices elsewhere for the most part. Fortunately for the Steelers, teams like them, they've drafted really well on defense, so they don't have to pay a bunch of defensive players, right? Like, that, that's kind of how they benefit. But, okay, my rant's over. Well, you know what? The cool thing is when we see how free agency goes, we'll drop a pod next week. I'm actually going to steal this chart style. I'm going to have, I'm going to say it's probably $60 million they're probably going to end up with. If they make all these moves, we don't know. We they, don't know. So I imagine they'll have to because, uh, sorry, one, one last thing. Uh, one last thing. Because we didn't spend all of our money in these scenarios, mm-hmm. and it's because you can't. Because you still have to leave money for draft picks. Yep. You still have to leave money for uh, in-season transactions and stuff like that. Or even if you want to make a trade during the year, you got to have some bread to squeeze them in, you know, under the cap. So, like, we in both our scenarios, we were able to fix the damn team. Not have to cut anyone of consequence other than Carlos because they already did that. <laughs> Thanks, guys. And still have money left over. Yeah. It's, it's, I won't say it's not that hard, but it is doable. And again, it's all about want to. Again, the Saints have been over the cap every year for like the last five years and still filled a good team under the cap, right? They figure it out. Why? Because they want to. And their cap dude is really good, uh, apparently. My bad. Go no, ahead. You're good. I'm going to steal this. I'm going to map out who they signed, how much. Mm hmm. I'm going to see if it lines up where you have maybe a Jay Reed or someone, then a random tight end that they overpaid maybe. Kyle Rudolph. I if they pay... <clears throat> go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> maybe they overpay. I, this is, I'm, I like this. This chart really sheds light on what the Seahawks do. And that goes to my point earlier about they like caseworkers. They want someone they can work on with an O-line. And you look at the O-line. They spent... Three and a half, three and a half. They spent like twelve million on four dudes last year up I mean, front. That is and, if, and if you're Russ, you're like, what the? Hell? And then they drafted Damian. You know, like that's so that's like five pieces of resources dedicated to the O line. Um, 
last year, all for probably about they spent a day two draft pick and about twelve million bucks. So I 14, can see a total of fourteen million dollars. Something like I wouldn't put the price tag too much on the Damian pick. It's like a high pick. No, I hear you. But it's like yes, it probably I gotta go look at Damian's cap hit. But like if you're Russ, that's not good enough, man. No. Why Especially you? when you look at as you mentioned Aaron Rodgers, where his old line's probably worth I don't know. Seventy million. Yeah, no, his O line, <laughs> his O line cost. They've drafted better than the Seahawks too up front. Absolutely. But even even like Cleveland, Baker plays behind a better O line. Yeah, you know, like they they run the type of offense that Pete would like to run. But they've also went and spent on linemen. I think they paid Jack Conklin last year. I'm pretty sure. Like they went and paid him. Like you can do what Russ wants. Yes. Will there be some sacrifices made with a defense to take a step back? Probably. But that offense will be nice and. But your but your your quarterback would be happy and your offense would be better. Because I don't care if you want to run the ball or throw the ball. If your O-line is trash. It doesn't matter. You it can't does, do anything. Yeah, like this year they were a throwing team. O-line would, fell apart at the end of the season. It was good for a stretch. It fell apart at the end. So when you got to the playoffs, what couldn't they do? Protect. Remember the Dallas playoff game in 2018? They were a run-heavy team. You know what they were getting? They were, you know what happened in that game? They got whipped up front yeah. and couldn't run it. You know, like if your O-line isn't where you need it to be, I don't give a damn if you're running the Veer or the Air Raid. You're just not going to win a championship. So you might as well spend on the guys up front. Like, that's that's kind of where I've gotten uh, in terms of team building, with with this team in particular. I can yep. see why some other teams want to just, like, load up on their – like, if the Chargers right now, it's like, we got Herbert for the low. Let's build a defense around him so we can be like the Seahawks model. Miami, if they tried the same thing with Tua. Philly with Jalen Hurts. Like, I, I see it for other teams, but with this particular team, with their quarterback this unhappy about the offense and about your O-line spending, you need to change the offense. If, or if you don't, change the O-line spending. Well, he's gone, so how's that sound? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, they still would have to trade him and all that, but like, I just don't do... What Russ, that what Russ is asking for in free agency is not bad for the Seahawks. It's like, that's, that's the tricky part. It's like, if you give Russ what he wants... That's good for y'all, too. Everybody getting a raise. You know, everybody got a chance to hoist a trophy. It's, I think I've said that before, but, yeah. I think that should be said here in our free agency joint as well because all of this comes down to when I made all these moves, I was like, what is going to make Russ happy and make the Seahawks better? You know, I can't fix the offense for them, but I can give them players. Like, we we fixed the offense with, like, $40 million. As Mike would say, uh, go ahead and send those sweatsuits. I need me a small. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> somebody suggested on Twitter, I was like, man, we, you should have Mike be the head coach. I'm like, no, no, no. A, I don't know enough about football to do that. I barely know enough about football to coach, like, Little League, to be really honest, like, in terms of X's and O's. Hey, give him the ball, just run. Well, yeah, actually, no, I could coach Little League. High school, I'd probably have a struggle with. Either way. Just make me a highly paid consultant. That way I don't, you know, like, I don't <laughs> need the this, whiteboard coming to my office. I don't need the stress of doing all the media work and, like, having to just, like, be the public face of a building and do all this. No, 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 no. Give me a call. Just call me on Zoom, ask me for my advice, and send me a direct deposit. <laughs> like, that's for real. That's all I need. And a sweatsuit. Send me a sweatsuit. <laughs> that's all I need. But, like, the point DMs of, are open, by the way. The point of all this, like, we gave a lot of names right now that make a lot of sense. And there's other ones, uh, like, that we didn't even get to. You know, I said, you know, like in my third scenario, which I felt was a bit more plausible because of how the Seahawks spend. Like, You're not getting A.B. I'm letting you know now. Sorry, well, Mike. You got to try for A.B. <laughs> no, I hear you. Russ you got, tried last year and didn't happen. Yeah, yet. you got to try for A.B. <laughs> um, Adam Humphreys you could probably that's, get. That's one that I wouldn't be shocked if the Seahawks well, That's because you work, you work with Slickhawk, and Slickhawk is the Adam Humphreys <laughs> fan club president three years running, baby. Like, that's, that's the slick over there. But, like, yeah, you go get Adam Humphreys for the low. It fixes your slot issue. You go get um, 
the pass rusher, uh, Romeo from um, Detroit. Go get him. Bring back Quentin Jefferson. He just got cut from Buffalo. Signed Patrick Peterson and Jason Verrett. Um, so Jason's like, a dog. Uh, yeah, he, and, and P2 got some play left in him. Someone responded to my comments and was like, Patrick Peterson got burnt by Tyler Lockett. I'm good. I was like, man, go look at those plays. Tyler Lockett's, according to Mike, one of the top route runners in this league. So put some respect out there. Damn the route running. Look at the, play, <laughs> look at the plays that Tyler w- was making. There was not bad coverage there. No, like that, was... that moon ball that he throws or rush throws Tyler week seven, right before the end of the ha- first half. Yeah. That is not bad coverage. That is elite coverage. And, and it's, it's a, a perfect play. ball and better exactly. catch. The first play of that game is a one handed catch over the shoulder. Like mm-hmm. Patrick Peterson ain't getting cooked. Like that's just, those are great plays. Now, he did have a bad, hard time against DK. That's different. In the rematch. <laughs> but again, that's, yeah, like you said, that's DK. That's yeah, different. It's different, man. Everybody struggles with DK have for you the not most part. Them? <laughs> Unless you're Jalen Ramsey, you're struggling with DK. Like I don't think lesser of Darius Slay as a corner because DK gave him that work. Yeah. That's was just it ten for one seventy. One seven, yeah, like one seventy seven. <laughs> I think it was Disgusting. no. He 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 did him bad. <laughs> hey but, man, you want to come join the Seahawks? <laughs> but if the Se- but if the Seahawks were to sign Darius Slay, I'd be like, yes, that's, that's a, a good, good move. Yeah, right. Because yeah, I think he's a good player. It just sometimes not you get the main cook. DKs in the league. Exactly. Right. <laughs> sometimes you get you know you get you get cooked like that. Um, but yeah, Jason Verrett, dog P two a dog in this scenario. I spent, and then I brought back Benson Mayowa. I got Gabe Jackson. We talked about before bringing back Benson. Yeah, I think all these scenarios honestly should include bringing back Benson now that Carlos is gone. Um, but Gabe Jackson, the guard from the Raiders, Nick Martin, the center from the Texans. Like again, I just upgraded the team, at least in my opinion, for about mm, probably like thirty five million dollars and, mm-hmm. and thirty five forty in cap hits this year. That is good. And I signed one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players and brought back Benson. You know, I brought eight guys from outside and brought back Benson for about 40 mil or some crap like that. Like, that's a good offseason and doable. It's all doable. Now, the length of these deals may have to be something else. You may have to... um, you know, add some voidable years and basically means you're, it, it's ghost years. Like I think someone's contract now has like, has that, I think it's JJ Watts contract is actually like a four year deal or some nonsense like that. But the last two are like voidable years. Um, someone else just got paid on a big deal that where you can void the years later, but it just helps spread out the cap hit. If you have those extra years, cause again, your signing bonus is prorated over the you know the course of the contract so if i give you a 20 million dollar signing bonus on a four-year deal it's for it's your uh we're paying you a signing bonus over the course of the, the contract so it's like five years uh, per year um, i think you're going to see a lot of contracts like that to help teams out now when the contract rebounds but that's not even that difficult is it jj's contract is like that yes yep. jj white's contract is structured like that with the voidable years yeah so like in you can, 2024 and 2025 yeah so you're gonna see a lot of contracts like that in years, and I, t- I told this to Chris the other day, in other years, doing what the Saints are doing, risky. Because the Saints were just like, <laughs> we'll pay later. Baby, where's my American Express? Oh, that decline? Hold on. Where's, it? Where, where's, the, where's the visa? We don't got that? Okay. Uh, I guess the, the American Express shouldn't be declining, but you get the point. They were just swiping. <laughs> they were swiping and being like, hey, we will figure this out after we win the Super Bowl, right? And that's, they did that. And I can understand that. That was very risky now because look. the cap wasn't going up that much every year. It was going up like again, like eight to ten or something like that. Maybe like six percent a year, which is like a good. That's that's good, but it's not like enough to just keep mortgages in your future. In other words, your credit limit did not raise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The credit <laughs> at six hundred bucks. Yeah, the, the credit limit wasn't going up. At least it wasn't going up that much. Yeah. This year, you can anticipate 
Like if the cap's 182, it wouldn't surprise me if the cap was like 218 next year. Next okay. year, that's a yeah. huge jump. So if you're just pushing money out, I think that's more of a, an understandable and less dangerous strategy. Because I actually am not for that for the most part. Depending on the team, just like pushing all the money out because then you could be where the Saints are now, with no quarterback and no money. We're cutting all of you guys. Yeah, that's a problem. You got to cut everybody. You know, like that's I don't want to be in that spot. But this year, if you're the Seahawks, you can throw big money at guys. Have a short term, like the the immediate money, not be a ton in terms of on the cap hit. You can lower the cap hit, and then the future years, yeah, you're paying him a lot. But in the future years, you'll be back to normal, you know, because the teams are going to have fans. The TV money deal is going to kick in. You know, I, th- I think like you have you seen the numbers on the TV money? It's like billions yeah, that ridiculous. they're that they're charging these these uh, networks. So the Seahawks can get better. This will be the last time anyone hears from us before free agency starts, but, like, just know this. When you're listening to – when you're watching, you're on Twitter, you're reading The Athletic, you're getting all these updates, just know. If, some, if the Seahawks pass on a guy or you see, like, oh, this guy wanted signed here for this much money, oh, we couldn't afford – nope, your team could afford that. They, they chose not They to. chose not to. Like, it was, it, was ve- it was very doable. Now, I don't know. Of all these scenarios we mapped out, I think a combination of, like, my last one and yours are probably the most doable – um, especially <laughs> up, especially up front on defense, yeah. I, I doubt they would go for a guy like they pay what it takes to get Alden Smith. Even though I think they've tried, um, I could see them bringing back like Quentin Jefferson. I could see them, you know, going after who did you have in yours? It was Melvin Ingram. Yeah, I said uh, Melvin after you coerced me. Yeah, even a conversation. Everson Griffin, guy like the lower cost dudes. I don't see them going after the big the big name O lineman. I think they they're gonna get outbid. If they do, I could see them doing what we said at cornerback. We we didn't pay any cornerbacks. I paid I paid Sherm, Patrick Peterson, Jason Verrett, like Quentin Dunbar. These are not no names, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Some dogs though. Yeah, no, it's very good play. I think they'd be fine. Like if you started in in my in my second scenario, or just maybe my first one, my first scenario, Sherm. The court the cornerbacks were Sherm and Dunbar, and you're. Backups are DJ Reed and, and Trey. Trey Flowers, and your nickels are going to be Ugo and Marquise. This is without any draft picks. Not bad. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. The problem is you need a really good pass rush, which is why <laughs> in that same scenario, I'm signing Alden Smith and Clowney and having them be my edge rushers with Daryl Taylor, Alden Robinson, Rasheem Green, and LJ, and then Jamal. I think that can get it done you bring back kj bring back and you obviously have bobby and then you got jordan brooks and you have uh i extended jamal and quandre that's a solid unit too i do think that's that's legit solid independent of what happens on the offensive side i think that's good like they they're gonna owe us a check chris they owe us they a owe, check they owe us a lot we did a lot of work for them they owe us quite a bit I'm you know the only thing we didn't do is negotiate it for them but if they want me to if they call me in here and say mike we need to, we need to land Corey lindsley can you come in and can you can you sweeten the deal? Like, yeah, man, I'll, I'll be there in like eight minutes. You know, I live down the street from VMAC. I'll be there, you know. Y'all got lunch? You know, we're going to be there for a little bit, you know. Let me take some, let me give you guys some offensive advice. Okay? Uh, Yeah, no, I was like, what? after we close that deal, I'm like, okay, so guys, now, since I'm here. Let's talk about that offense. This run, run, pass thing. 
We really, we, we doing just, that? You guys just signed Curtis Samuel. I don't think he wants to do a lot of yeah, run, we, run, pass here. You know, let's we, pass, 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 and run it. Yeah, well, let's just score. You know, like <laughs> that's a better way of saying yeah, it. Let's you know, put points on the board. Let's just score as many points as we can. Can we win thirty-one as, to seventeen? As quick as we can. Uh, yeah, thirty-one seventeen. Yeah, let's I know you. I know you want to win nineteen to sixteen in an ugly game where Russ throws for one hundred seventy yards and a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, well, and the defense forced like twelve punts. It's like, no, nah, man, we 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 not in that bag this year, <laughs> man. Let's let let's. let's switch it up so dk is not on the i am athlete podcast talking about teams and figured us out after eight weeks yeah you know bad you gotta be to get figured out after eight weeks that's, that's yeah. not a good look. no 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 yeah so like if you guys have other people you think like hey man you guys forgot about such such throw them out there too um i didn't include like ty hilton i think was be interesting. we talked about a few weeks maybe yeah. a month ago ty be interesting it. name i threw out willie sneed uh curtis sam was a good one um yeah, there's some uh, well, the, John Brown. Yeah, He's thank you. The, the Bills just cut John Brown. Speedster. Honestly, if the if if the Seahawks just call Quentin and John oh, right now and said, doing. "Hey, y'all, we got you on a first class Alaska flight straight from Buffalo back to Renton," you know, they're like, "Here, just come on SeaTac, I guess." Like, go ahead, just come straight from Buffalo here. We'll sign y'all right now. Except I like both of those guys. Yeah, John Brown's John Brown will give them what they need. I think a better version of Demo, yep. better version of a Dorset. I'm um, not to say those guys are bad. I just think John's better. That's all. Um, and then Quentin Jefferson, like. He's exactly what you want as your big defensive end who can play outside. Basically, you're you're Michael Bennett. That's what they wanted before, and it'd be a lower cost. I think in my scenario, I gave Quentin like two point five. Yeah, I did a lot of good negotiating here. I'm proud of myself. Um, Pat on the back. Yeah, no. Again, the check needs to come to us. Make it out to Seahawks man to man. We'll get these sweatsuits, and we'll and we'll be straight because these guys can get better. Yeah. Now, let's close this out. How how after free agency. Are the Seahawks a championship team? Do they have a championship roster? Yes or no? What do you think? I'm going to say no based on what I've seen from the past. I don't think I don't see things changing, and that's the sad part. Now, it would be nice if the Seahawks can come out and blow me away with free agents that they go with, guys that I'm thinking, damn, they really went out and spent money. They took advice, or they realized we have an opportunity to do something. Our quarterback is unhappy. Let's figure this out and make him happy and figure everything else out. You get the old line right. You add some pieces here and there to the defense, as Mike said. Cool, we can work with it. If you don't do anything and you bring in middle of the middle of the pack guys that aren't the best that Russ is looking for to improve and win a Super Bowl, you're back at square one. So I'm gonna say no because I've seen this story a few times. Oh, you got Mike. Damn, his name is Tooney. Damn. I what I can do is I'll go back and every time you said Tooney, I'll just drop in what you just said, Tooney. Damn, messed that up. Oh, but uh, no, I think, I think after the free agency, I don't have a ton of confidence in them being a much better team. But my the whole thing would really be, did they make moves that Russ would deem good? And that's how I'm going to judge the whole thing. And I know that's not like Russ is not the CEO of the organization, but I mean, when you're the, your when, you're, when you're that good of a quarterback, you damn near are the CEO. Like, if he's not happy, if I don't perceive him to be happy about the move, like I might even just see if I can get some sources around him. If I don't perceive him to think that's a good move, then I'm, I can't, I can't feel good about the 2021 Seahawks. I just, I just, I just can't. I hate that we ending every show with some doom and gloom, but I think now. we spent a good time here talking about ways that they can legitimately get better without mortgaging the future again. Go get Curtis Samuel. Yeah, Curtis Samuel. I like. I thought about Will Fuller, and then I saw what it might cost, and I was like, No, Seahawks aren't paying that. <laughs> no, you got it. Will Fuller can legitimately ask for like fifteen million a year. The bag. Yeah, and good for Will. Back I, of the brink. That's truck. great for Will. I just, I just don't see a team like the Seahawks. Doing that, um, though I think they are one of the teams that checked in on Will's price tag during the year. 
for a trade. And probably, the Texans are probably like, yeah, Bill O'Brien's gone. So we actually know what our players are worth now. And, and You're not and, getting him and, for $6 million. Yeah, and then John was like, oh, dang. Okay, never mind. We'll talk to y'all later. <laughs> be easy. You know, that that was it. But, yeah, if, if my whole thing would be in free agency, man, how is Russ going to perceive these moves? And if, if, if I think that he'll like them, then I'll, and I'll, I'll be happy about them. You know, I'll feel optimistic. If not, rough year, rough year, Adams. Well, we want to thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of Seahawks Man to Man. Be sure to rate, review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Mike, is there anything you have before you shake? Yeah, make sure, uh, just uh, make sure you guys also listen on The Athletic. You know, that's a good look. We get a little love for that. But yeah, but thank you guys for uh, kicking it with us as usual. Uh, we'll be back after free agency. So just on a timing standpoint, um, we'll wait till the moves happen and then dissect um, to see what happens. Um, but yeah, appreciate you guys. We'll all be we'll all be scrolling Adam Schefter's Twitter feed. You know, I'll just, I swear, I'm glued to this guy next week. But, you know, on that note, we out. You see, I don't have to drive me up to say that for your mama. Maybe you should smoke some and try the marijuana. I was never you good. That's the vibe of straight. Shows you a couple of things and they finish trying. I treated you right. Everything was a gift from a time to your bag. And I tell her on your lip. Yeah, you're plenty of Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.